Great. Let's go, let's go. Yes. <laughs> Sunday, sun <laughs> Bad news. <laughs> we have bad news for you. What's the news? Who wants to tell it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said we all gonna yeah. tell. Right. You have to start it. You have to lead it. Well, wow, what a beta. You were talking brave when she wasn't here. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to know. So what? I want to know. She wants to know. I'm sorry? What? <laughs> he like, Shh. don't tell her. How long are you going to be in town? Oh, uh, until tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you've been dumped. <laughs> <laughs> because you were not here to... He's like, we're all going to tell her. And then when he came back, he was afraid. <laughs> oh, babe. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Fellowship. Welcome to the church. I'm Jesse Peterson. You can get involved by going to our YouTube line, chat line, and Hake will take your questions and comments, and I will respond accordingly. Good morning, y'all. How's everybody? Good. Amazing. Um, any questions or comment before I? Anybody had a life this week? <laughs> One person had a life. Yeah. I mean, I'm not vacationing, so I have to like have a life being here. Otherwise, I was just wasting money and not doing anything. <laughs> so, I do have a question, though. Yes. What, what, what does it truly mean? Like, what, what does family truly mean? Not even from the, like, the spiritual family sense. Like, what does that mean? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a word. So, like, even being here, you know, just the concept of, like, being amongst other people that kind of see the same things that you do, shouldn't, just like everything else, you shouldn't have an opinion about it, you shouldn't have anything, like, it should just be kind of, Reveal to you and not like an idea that you hold on to right and we get together here to edify one another and That's all that it is, but don't get a false identity from it You got to let go all identity so even with the idea of family You say family now you have expectation from family You want them to always be with you whether you're wrong or right you want them to give you money you want to be able to whatever, right? And, and that's why families fight, because they think the word family means something, and they're trying to make it work. It's like husband and wife. That's another word with no meaning. But the people put meaning around it, and the only thing the husband and the wife do is fight until they either die or divorce. 
they don't really have a relationship because they have an expectation from one another. Even with dating, the moment you give, call it boyfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> the moment you do that, now the expectation come in and the boy or the girl got to answer the phone every time you call. You got to come see me. You got to text me. You got to this or that. You put expectation. And in life, we're not supposed to have expectations for anything from anyone. But we do because we've been blinded and, and brainwashed to believe we have to live by titles. But no titles, no expectation. And I guarantee you, with no expectation, we will treat each other perfectly. So what about obligations? Like, what are actual things that you may be obligated to do or be a part of with a family, like, a, you know, like your immediate family? Nothing. Because with, with no obligation, you're going to do what you're supposed to do anyway. Obligation put a weight on it. It makes you feel like you got to do it. And when you feel like you have to do it, then you get mad about having to do it. The wife expects you to do it all the time. The husband expects this from the wife. If you don't cook my dinner, I'm going to beat you. What have you been doing all day, right? But if you didn't put obligation on it, she would naturally do what she's supposed to do. You would not. It would be amazing, too. That's why when you die from the ego, you would die from all identities, uh, all the stuff we have picked up. We have a miserable life because we have been lied to from the day we pop out of mama's womb. They start putting titles on you. And, and even as a little child, mama friend comes over and or they go to the market and they see mama see one of her little friends and she's like, hey, how you doing, Bessie? Oh, I'm doing fine, Louise. How are you? And laughing and grinning. And then the little child standing there playing around, not paying attention to Bessie. And the, and the child, uh, Bessie said hi to the child, and the child just looked. And then the mama said, say hi to Bessie. And then the child don't say hi, the mama smack him upside the head to make him say hello. Now he doesn't know how to say hello. He can say hello. And if Bessie is offended because the child didn't say hello, she's the one needing to smack him. Because why do you care if somebody said hello or not? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. We've been suffered because we've been set up to suffer. We put these titles on everything. Just imagine if you've met a woman, you never titled it at all. You start going out together with no titles, no expectation. You get married with no titles, no expectation. You will have a marriage that will last forever. Because now you're not trying to live up to what she want you to be, and she's not trying to live up to what you want her to be, because you can't live up to someone else's expectation. You can't live up to your own expectation. That's why people fight. Isn't that amazing? What do you think about that? I, I mean, I think it's fantastic because, so even, even for the concept of like a man and a woman, you know, in like a marriage or, or just a relationship in general, if a man is trying to have all these ideas of, I have to, you know, talk to the woman this way, I have to act this way, she's got to respect me in this way, like he's already in his mind anyway, so yeah. you can have everything laid out for you and say, this is how a Christian relationship is supposed to go, or like a, 
you know, man to woman relationships like we're truly supposed to go, but you're still living in that darkness anyway. Yeah. And it's not, you're not living in the light. So how are you actually being a real example? Yeah. You know, I, I asked the question about obligation, not to hog the mic. Sorry. No, you're fine. Fellowship. Um, don't worry about it. No, because I, I asked in terms of the, so my dad, I forgave him years ago. Um, we have a great relationship now, but I'm still seeing how the way he was raised and the way how he's kind of, you know, shown it towards me. And I'm like, wow, I, I see what it is. But it's like an obligation sometimes. Like he'll call me and say, hey, come hang out with me. Or, you know, can you help me with this? Can you do that? And I've been watching for years the, the feeling of feeling obligated to do it. Yeah. And then just like what you said before, I would do it. And then I'd resent it. I'd be angry about it. Yeah. But I noticed that wasn't me. It was that, you know, basically I got it from my mom. Like I know 100% that was from her because I would hear right. her say it all the time. But I realized I'll do the right thing and I'll appreciate the stuff that we do and like the time that we have when I don't come from the place of I have to feel obligated to do it. And even saying no, like, hey, just not tonight, you know, like, because I, I live close by to where he is. So if I just say, hey, no, not tonight, not this, the devil will just go wild when I do that. Yeah. But over, the over time, this is why I asked about family, because I'm in town and I saw a friend that I've known for years. And I went to, um, not to put too many details out, but I, I saw him last night. And we used to be, quote unquote, super close. You know, like that used to be like the community we were part of, you know, that whole like music thing. Like it was a family. But I realized it was so fake, you yeah. know, because no one really has love for anybody inside this stuff anyway. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's wild to see that. But at the same time, I looked at everybody. I'm like, I'm no different than you. And you guys are no different than me. Like you're all going through the same thing. But it's such a different like view and relationship on it than I've ever seen it before. And that's why I wanted to ask, like, what does it mean to be a family? Because to your point, I think it means nothing. Because it shouldn't mean anything. Because then you have the, the right relationship with it. You will have the right relationship. It would be perfect. But the moment you put a mean into it, you bring it in hell. And the next time your father asks you to do something, if you feel obligated, don't do it. Just say, no, I can't. And feel the pain of obligation. Feel the guilt. Feel that so you can die from it. And then when you want to, you say yes. If you don't, you will feel nothing about it. But that's something that has to die. Anytime you feel guilt, uh, obligation, that is something that has to die. Right, because I could easily tell my mom no if she ever asked me something like, no, I'm good. You yeah. know, like hang up the phone and not talk to her for a couple of weeks. But it's always been, so the, the thing about um, like having the ideas, one of the big things, and it just recently I kind of overcame this, was I had the idea I couldn't be a Christian if I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. And this is coming after years of listening to you, doing the silent prayer like nonstop, but it would always be, I have to do these things. Like I have to force the good relationship with my dad instead of it just being a natural thing. And yeah. that, that, that has caused me so much unnecessary suffering. I'm like, I can't believe I've been holding on to that. Yeah, it, when I say return to the father, it just means don't resent him. Right. Don't have anger toward him. And then through the father, the earthly father, you, go, you return back to God, your spiritual father. It doesn't mean you got to go shopping. It doesn't mean you got to be hanging out every weekend with him. Or every time he calls, you got to do what he says. That's not it. It just means don't resent him so you could be free of all the obligations and the guilt and the things like that. And you could just live your own life being free and doing what you want to do. Doesn't that sound nice to be free? Yes. Uh, away from the world, be in it, but not of it. And, and parents love to make, especially mothers, they love to make their children feel obligated 
to them. They raise you up, making you feel obligated to them. They are setting you up as children to make you feel obligated because the moment you don't do what they want you to do, you got trouble. They raise you that way. That's not love. They raise you as a slave because now you feel obligated. And at some point, you got to realize it's not normal to feel obligated. As a matter of fact, all emotions, without a doubt, all emotions are evil. All of them, those that so-called feel good and feel bad, are evil. And emotional people are dangerous people. They are dangerous people. And so watch out for an emotional person because they are angry and they have fear and they have revenge. They have revenge. I don't care who it is. It's like your own mama. She'll build an army against you if you say no. She'll call up your, her sisters and brothers and your cousins and everybody that, whomever, and they'll build an army against you to destroy you because you're the one that got away. You're the one that's leaving hell and they don't want you to leave hell. Nobody in hell want anyone to leave hell. They want you in hell with them. I don't care who it is. And they work overtime to keep you in hell. Isn't that amazing? But we could be free. But you got to go through hell in order to be free from it. So no, it just means don't resent him. And you, be, you do what you want then. Right, that, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to go through that experience, you know, all this time with him. And I used to think I was, quote unquote, reconnecting with him, but really I was just doing it because I was still trying to get something out of him at this, yeah. you know, at this age of my life. I don't need to, but again, to the point of, I could still just go and, and hang out with him and do all that, but it's, it's overcoming that deep, 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 like resentment towards him. Yeah. And as I, as I go through that and like that, that desire to want to resent just goes away. It just keeps separating from me. Really, like it was never me the whole time. Yeah. But if you do something out of obligation for him, you're not going through it. You're not overcoming it. You got to over all the pain that we feel. That's a sign of hell. And that's a sign that we have to go through that in order to enter into heaven. We got to go through that. It's like the Christian said that, I believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. I believe he died on the cross and rose again. And now I'm saved. No, you're not. That's just another lie. You're not saved. You still have the same nature, which is anger and mean and nasty, judgmental. You still have fear. Nothing has changed, but the preacher pat you on the head and say, you're saved, and you believe it, and, that, and you live a life of hell, and then you drop your body in hell. The way you live life here is the way it's going to be when you drop your body, when you die. Because your body just died, but you're not dying. So if you're living a spiritual life of hell in a physical body, you're stuck once you drop your body. But if you live in heaven on earth, when you drop your body, you're still in heaven. Eternal, eternity, you're still in heaven. Isn't that amazing? We really could be free. It's, so, it's not easy. It's not easy dying. Only because we have been taught that all this stuff is, is us. They give you all kind of titles of who you are. And you believe it, and so you grow in believing it. And to overcome that, I would think, I was reflecting the other day, and I remember 
when I was a kid, one time I was at school, all, it was recess time, and we were all on a merry-go-round, on the playground. And the merry-go-round was going around so fast, I was feeling dizzy. And I wanted to get off. I wanted to jump off. But I was afraid that if I jumped off, I would get hurt. Even though it was a dirt surrounding, it wasn't brick or anything. And I, and I kept saying to myself, I'm gonna jump off this thing. Cause I felt like I was gonna throw up and everything. And, uh, but I didn't jump off. And because I didn't jump off, I got round sick. What do you call that kind of sickness? Yeah, motion of sin, going around in circles. And, and I thought about when I first woke up, God allowed me to see. It was the same thing with the ego in the beginning for me. Whenever I would feel fear or doubt or worry, I would feel all this anxiety. I didn't realize that I was dying. And, and, and in spite of not knowing I was dying, that ego, part of it was dying in a way. But I was feeling free because I felt like I was losing something. I thought I was losing me because I was so identified with the ego. I thought it was me. And so I didn't want to lose that because if I lose that, what would I have? You know, I used to think that. But I'm so grateful that in spite of that, not knowing at the time, because this is like 34 years ago now, maybe 35. But... Uh, thank God he didn't stop me from understanding and dying from the ego. And I've noticed that over the last 34 years, little things have happened and, and I have overcome them. And when you overcome them, you realize how important you have made them. And you realize that after you die, that you made those things so important to you. But once you die from them, then they're not important anymore. They're no longer important. But they seem so important. It seemed important to lose money at the stock market. Though I never lost money in the summer. I know people who have and they trip it hard. I remember when I would break, I used to date a lot, and when I would break up with girls, I felt like I was losing my soul, like I was going to die. I used to date this one woman, she was so pretty and so fine. Sorry. I didn't mean to put all the emotion in it. <laughs> She was so fine and pretty, and she had been dating basketball guys and stuff like that too, right? And so she was so fine, she would call me up when I was at work, I worked at the hospital, and she wanted to come have lunch with me, and I would say, yeah, come on up. And I made sure that when she came to lunch, I walked her through the whole hospital, because I want all the guys to see her, <laughs> see me with this girl. <laughs> and when I would lose, it felt like my soul would be, you know, I lost my soul. Like I had lost life itself. I didn't know that was ego dying. I didn't know what that was. And I would get another woman so I can get rid of the pain. Had I known then that, hey, let that die, feel that pain. Nobody or nothing should be that important to you. It broke up, it broke up, bye. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't know it was all ego. I thought it was love, but it was ego. And that's how it's going to be with everything. Once you die, you're going, to, you're going to be shocked at the stuff that you have made so important to you. Really. And it's just all ego, and it brings nothing but misery. That's why it doesn't last. It began to feel like fun. After a while, the hell start coming out. You know, and 
and then you try to make it work. We should not have to make any relationship work. Either the marriage is going to work or it's not going to work. If you got to make it work, it ain't working. It's not going to work. It should work on its own. It doesn't need your help. You be you, she be herself, the kids will be themselves, and life will be amazing. But you try to make it work, it's never going to work. You're not supposed to make it work. In the good old days, marriages last for a long time. It was older than the baby child. It was like 50, 60, 70 years old. <laughs> marriages, right? Because what I reflect, for the most part, they didn't put effort into making each other be what they want them to be. They disagreed at times, but the marriage lasted because they were, were not fighting and carrying on. Now they fight all the time. That makes sense? Yeah. So the next time your father uh, asks you something, and if you don't want to do it or you feel a sense of obligation, don't do it so you can go through the death of that ego. And then you'll be clear and you can do or not do. It'll be fine. Right. It, it took a long time to just observe myself going through it. And, but I... I I, I noticed I got to go through it and do it, and then avoiding it was the, the worst thing too. Because a lot yeah, of times, avoid, yeah. So that, that's why I stayed where I live, you know, close to them. That when he called, like getting over my mom and that relationship was easy. But it was I didn't realize how, like you said before, I put the importance of my dad and having him be a certain way to, you know, to make me feel a certain way. Right. That idea has kept me in bondage for like my whole life. Yeah. You know, because all I was trying to do is. Let me act this way so I can get this thing from him. But he was doing the same thing. He's yeah. acted a certain way to get something from me. Absolutely. So we're just two you know, idiots two yelling devils. at each other. Two devils, yeah. devils trying to get something from one another. Yeah. Amazing, huh? Yeah. Nice. Well, stay with it. And don't, you're doing the silent prayer, right? Every morning, every night, yeah. and just trying to be as conscious as possible when I'm doing everything. You know, it's Because yeah. that, that's where you really start to separate from that. And if feel like they're going to tell you that silent prayer is not working, look at it, you're still in your head. It is working. And that's why he's telling you it's not working. The thoughts are telling you it's not working. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. Really, all thoughts are lies. And it goes deeper than what you can even, wait until you truly start sinking into hell. The thought process you're not going to believe what you used to believe, that you even believed it. Or you did some of the things that you've done. You're just going to say, oh, it's going to be shocking. And the thought you've had about yourself and about other people and the conniving and the scheming and the lying and the, and the, and the beta. <laughs> it's a mess. It, that's why I say that anger is evil. Anger is pure evil. That's why Christ said that anyone that has anger is a murderer. Anger is pure evil. There is no love in it at all. Zero love. And we need love. Christ came that we may love one another. And just think about that. We are human beings. We're living in a body as human beings, but we are spirit, really. And we were created by love to love one another on earth. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But nobody loves anyone. They love their cats and dogs. 
more than the people. <laughs> and they don't love that either. Those, they just get a fake feeling back. They think the cat and the dog love them. They don't. The cat and the dog can care less about them. But they feel like they're loving the animals. But just think we were created to love one another. And yet all we do as human beings is destroy one another. And don't even question it. Why am I destroying someone? Why am I destroying myself? We were created to, it doesn't make, it's, it doesn't make sense. We really, well, it makes sense as to why, but it doesn't make sense that we're destroying one another and we don't even question why. Why am I doing this to another person? There is a, a war happening in Israel right now between apparently, according to the report, the Palestine, Palestine attacked Israel over the weekend, I guess, and people being killed, uh, kidnapped, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, and then I remember seeing big rallies in Israel at one time, recently, protesting about something dumb. Just think about that. Human beings are at war killing human beings, and all they're doing it for, only thing, only thing war is ever about is money and power. It's not about the people. It's about money and power. They have no love. Human beings are killing one another, and now other human beings are going to have to take sides. Some are going to take the side of Israel, and some are going to take the side of Palestine. And they don't really know what's going on from the top, because it's the folks at the top that have you in war. And then you find out years later the war was fake. We should have never been in war. And that's the same thing happening in your world. You're at war with yourself, and you're at war with everybody else. It's no different. It's the same war because it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. I asked a question for my staff this morning. Some people are saying over in Israel, they should save the women and children, put them aside somewhere, and wipe out everybody else. And I wonder, why do they have to save the women and children if they're going to wipe out everybody else? Why should you save the women and children? Y'all heard that before? Protect the women and children? And why is that? They do that on boats. Women and children. They do that on a boat is sinking. Women and children first. It's and, always been that and way. And why? I have no clue. Nobody know why? Okay, let me, you don't know why, but you heard it, huh? Did you agree with it before and not, and not knowing that you didn't know why? It wouldn't happen when I'm around. I know that. I'm jumping in the boat. I'm getting out of there. <laughs> Those ain't my children. <laughs> why do they say protect the women and they, children? They say that because uh, women are able to create life. And the men. Create what? Create, the women, they can get pregnant and create life. They, they control life. They can't create life. But they, they're necessary to create life. N only to c carry the bread in the oven until it's done. Yeah. But if the man gone, who's going to put the bread in the, in well, the oven? Well, there's, there's, <laughs> men have always been disposable. What? Men have always been dis disposable. Meaning what? Meaning they die in war, they die doing... But why can't jobs? everybody die? If they're going to die, why don't the women and children die too? Be I don't know. You don't know? No. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> a hard one to answer. So does that make sense to put the women and children aside first 
the same thing at the border. All these illegal aliens coming across the border, they're like, oh, let the women and the children in. I'm like, what the? Okay, you know, so you don't really know? I'm sorry? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't influence the men. You can influence the kids, the, the women. You say you can't or you can't? Well, when the man's gone, you can influence the woman and the children for the next generations to come. So if you're after money and power, this is the one thing you want to do is get rid of the man and take over the women and children. So that's why they say in a war, make sure the women and children are safe? That's what my guess is. Oh, you're not sure? I w if I would be a, a warmongering dictator and I have a few countries to get on hold of, I would, I would want the women and children. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Why do they say save the women and children then kill the men? Similar to what he just said, um, when you want to take over a nation, the weaker vessel, you keep them alive. And men being the stronger vessel, you want to eliminate them. Oh. Whereas if you, if you view it just a number standpoint, one man and seven women could recreate a whole nation. So if you let the weaker survive, it's easier to take control. Oh, I see. The weaker, where it should be opposite, the stronger should survive to prolong life is the way that I look. They always want to get rid of the man first in anything. Uh, it's like the welfare. In order for the mother to get welfare, you got to get rid of the man. And that's, that says a lot, though. You guys may be right because it is the weaker vessel they want to save as opposed to the stronger vessel. Interesting. That makes sense. Finally. Yes, Frankie. So the, the weaker vessel you talk about, that's the future. They are the vulnerable. They are the weak. They have, they're the defenseless. Uh, typically a man, and his, if he's a you know, standard masculine man, he's going to fight for truth and, um, and try to defend his family and, uh, or his neighbor's family against somebody trying to you know, kill them. And um, you know what the story of the Mossad in um, Masada, the, where they, the parents, well, they're under siege. The Romans were going to come and kill them. So the parents killed their own children, killed their wives, and then killed themselves rather than being in, taken and being enslaved. Um, so that's one. Amazing. Parents killed their own what kids. What the? Um, uh, Joel had his hand. Yes, Joel. I think uh, people with a higher agenda, like um, who have like an intention to destroy, like those guys are talking about, I think they do it that way. Like they, they go for the weaker vessel. But I think for the average person, I think people in general just have an overvalue of women and children as like special, important, or like, uh, yeah. like a God figure almost. And they overvalue it. So the idea of losing women and children is like the worst thing that can happen because they're so precious, they're so special. So I think to the low, like um, to the people who are just living their daily life, they just have an overvalue of women and children. That's what I think to me. So that's what they did to the blacks. They, um, during the civil rights movement, they told the blacks, we're gonna give y'all welfare and take care of you but you gotta get rid of the man and let's just save the women and children. And they did, now the children are smashing and grabbing and robbing and raping and doing all kinds of stuff. Had they been dead already, we wouldn't have to worry about that. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but they saved the children. I don't know what price we got to deal with. What a mess, huh? It's a spiritual battle. Yes, Raymond. My best guess is the idea of that war uh, to save the women and children simply, beca uh, simply because we were conditioned to, uh, act, conditioned to act like that. Uh, that we are uh, in war. The, uh, the men may the, uh, men may defend the women and children, but we see that uh, women and children as the future, as the future, and we can uh, and to destroy them is to destroy the future, as they say. War takes. That doesn't even make sense, though. Huh? If you can, huh? You can hear. <laughs> <laughs> I said that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, they, okay, you kill. Uh, you kill the men, uh, men uh, survival. To me, a survival, a man who's defend himself uh, is um, so strength, uh, strength in the moment. But, uh, yeah. uh, but when you talk about women and children, they show strength in, um, so uh, uh, hope for the future. So we were conditioned. But when you say the women and children are hoping the future get better, it only gets worse. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get better. Uh, but that's what we were conditioned to think. Yeah. Amazing. You're right about that. What a mess, huh? Yes, sir. You know how you say the, the devil is the woman's God? Right. Not, no, not to offend anybody, but to try to keep that alive, isn't that perpetuating what you're saying the whole time? Repeat that? You said not to offend anyone? No. no. You know how you say... <clears throat> The devil is a woman's God, correct? Right. By keeping that alive, isn't that keeping that that alive, the, the, the devil in a woman alive? If, if I'm explaining that oh, properly. Oh, by saying it, isn't it keeping... By keeping that alive, by saving the, the women first, isn't that keeping the, the spirit of the devil alive oh. from the generation to pass on? So now if you eliminate the men, which we stand for, for God, it's easy for the devil to control society that way. That's an interesting question. So I'm going to repeat the question. By saying that the, the devil is the woman's God, am I keeping that alive? No. No? What? By saving the women, are you keeping the devil alive? Oh, by the spirit of the devil oh, alive. Oh, by saving the women. By keeping the women alive. And That's why they, they want to keep the woman alive. Because yeah, it's all they emotional keep, almost. Like, hey, yeah. save the women and the children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, sir. No, no, that's a good one. Oh, okay. You're right. If you notice, that's why the emphasis of importance has been put on the woman, because evil works through the woman, come through the woman into the earth, and they know it, and so they want to keep the woman around so, so the devil can continue to work. That's why they're doing it. Absolutely. Amazing. Did you have your hand about that? Okay. I mean, I kind of never questioned it because I'm a woman, so I was like, I'm on board. But <laughs> now that you're questioning it, I guess maybe it should be like families together, you know? They should have like maybe do that. But I think um, they do that because the guys are just like trying to protect them, but like in the Titanic. Oh, you mean by, by protecting the women and children? Yeah, the oh. manager's like, okay, I'm going to let you guys go and then like I'll have it. And then also maybe I'm sure they're probably freaking out or something, you know? 
running and screaming and running and yelling. But nowadays, you, you need to save the man and put the woman at war because the men are weaker than the women. You need to save the man and let the woman go to war. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that Satan was the, the god of the woman? No. You didn't know that? No. I and, heard it from you. And when you, <laughs> and when you first heard it, what was your first impression of a reaction? Interesting. And am I wrong? I'm not sure. You're not sure? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and, it's interesting. And why you're not sure? I'm not sure why I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been, are you married? No, sir. Have you ever dated? Yes. Have you seen the hell in every date you've had? Yep. <laughs> now you're still not sure? A little. <laughs> I'm a little more sure now. <laughs> you're more sure now? Yeah. All right. Is this your first time here? Yes, sir. Oh, what's your name? How do you hear about us? Uh, my name's Wellington. Uh, I've been watching you guys from Canada. Oh, you're from Canada? Yep. Amazing. What part? Ontario. Nice. The anchor baby. Where's the anchor baby? The anchor baby from Canada. Yeah, I talked to him. He's, uh, he's not too far from where we're from. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he's not too far from where you're from? Yeah, he's about, uh, I think, six hours south of where we're from. Nice. Both of you from Canada? Yeah. Oh, well, welcome, man. Any questions about anything? Not really. Just right. uh, happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. All right. And what's your name? You from Canada as well? Yeah, I'm his dad. Promise. Oh, you're his father? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you put pressure on him? No, no, he brought me here. Oh, good. <laughs> so you guys are close now? Um, pardon? Are you close, father, son? Are you tight? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, tell your daddy what tight means. Y'all get along? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we get along very well. Oh, good. Yeah. Did he come and forgive you? He didn't, he didn't have to. He didn't need to. Did, did he do it? I don't think he needed to oh, okay. Yeah. And you're right. Most adult children don't hate their fathers. and They hate the mothers, but not the fathers. He hadn't had any need to come to me. He's right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't now, you're not going to want to go back to Canada on the same plane. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be here, thanks. Well, welcome. Okay. This your first time? Yes. Oh, what's your name? Uh, my name is Megan. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Oh, nice. This is my first time here, and this is my husband, Jesse. You're We're home? actually here. They this is my husband, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard about the show through my husband, Jesse. He's a big supporter. And y'all have actually talked a few times, actually. He called on his birthday a few years ago. Oh, right on. Um, but yeah, we, we came for a wedding in Temecula. Uh, so we drove in this morning. So sorry for our tardiness. Nice. So when he first introduced the show to you, what was your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. You know, I, th I think you're a funny guy. So I thought it was funny. Um, and then you what know, happened? After the um, laughter was over, <laughs> um, I, I thought your 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 views and your take on stuff was very um, interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's a lot of things that you say that are, are a little triggering, but it makes sense. And yeah. you know, uh, like for example, the conversation that you two had together, 
you were saying that I needed to move out. <laughs> I think you you said that um, he needed he needed to dump me because we were living together when we weren't married. Um, and so I think maybe like a, a week or a month after y'all had that conversation, I moved out. Um, you know, we stopped fornicating, we stopped doing all that stuff. Um, and then maybe six to eight months later, we got married. Um, right on. So that was back in 2019, so. Nice. <laughs> so when he told you I had said that he needed to move out, dump you, would you do like this, N-word? No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wasn't living right. Like, you know, whenever yeah. I told my mom I was moving in with him, she was saying, you know, when's the wedding? You know, like, you know, wh when's the date? So yeah. I knew I wasn't living, you know, nice. right. So when you said that, you know, I, w I was in alignment with that too. I, I knew it wasn't right that we were living together. Right on. So, um, yeah, I knew in, in order for us to have like a long and, and, um, godly marriage we needed to do things right or at least you know do what we could to you know not fix what we did but just start the marriage off right that's right um i needed to do that and do you obey him i think you're gonna ask me this for some reason <laughs> um you know, I, I, from first I don't want to say yes, but then also like there's some things that I may not listen to him completely. You know, that I know there's some things I need to work on. Like I remember you you had a caller, um, and you asked, you know, does your wife obey you? He's just like, what? Like you said, speak up a little bit. You said you you told a caller, you know, does your wife obey you? And he was kind of confused, like, what? what What do you mean by that? And you said, well, if she were to go off and get candy or something like that, <laughs> and you don't want her to eat that, like, that would be disobeying you. And um, I obey him, I think, on, like, the big stuff, you know, as far as, um, like, following his direction, but, like, maybe, like, little stuff, like, he doesn't like me to eat sweets like that, you know? <laughs> Uh -huh. And maybe I go off and have like a donut here or there, you know, so like stuff like that. So I wouldn't say I'm like 100 percent, but. And why not 100 like, percent? Um, that's a good question. Uh, but that's just something that I have to work on. Just yeah. just because it's it's just like maybe like a. Um, you know, you, you just have like certain urges like. I have a craving for a donut. I want a donut. You know, you, you get that donut. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just something that I have to work on. And, and, and as soon, if you keep eating the donuts, right, he told you not to, mm -hmm. and then you get fat, yes. then you're going to say, you know what, you're too fat. Now you want to cuss him out for saying you're fat. But if you had listened, you would have never gotten fat, and he wouldn't have to remind you that you're fat. Yeah, no, it, exactly. Like, I, I, I do realize the times that I do, like, not listen, I realize later on how what he said could have benefited me, and, yep. you know, in the future. Because we just recently um, had a baby um, two oh, you, months ago. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Thank you. Our, our first a boy or a girl? <laughs> Ooh. It's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, we, we had You must girls. don't know the secret. <laughs> There's a secret to making the boy first. But I can't say. <laughs> what a beta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there are certain things but that he's... But congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> there are certain things that he's told me, um, you know, with my first pregnancy and, you know, after I first had the baby, he... He told me stuff that it could have benefited me, like, yeah. you know, not to worry about certain things and, you know, just like live day by day, not try to, you know, because I, I, I was like in, I, I was, I would worry a lot, you know, when the yeah. baby was born, like, oh, like she's sleeping too long. Like, you know, is she okay? Is she, you know, just different things like that being a first time mom, I guess. Um, but with this second, you know, I'm having to like, well, with the first, I'm like, well, had I just listened to him, I wouldn't have been, like, struggling as much as I was struggling. Absolutely. Yeah. As long as he's working on himself to overcome that father state, and if you listen to him, obey him, you have a marriage that will last until death do you part, and the kids will be amazing, they will have love, and you'll start a new generation of love, and that's what God wants us to be about, is to love one another. Not emotional love, but non-emotional love, which is the right love. So I would suggest you start obeying him. Yeah. Are you doing the silent prayer? No. no. Amazing. And you're not obeying me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, I, I, I would do it two sometimes, Jesses. but I'm you not consistent with it. I know. And you won't right? obey either one of them. <laughs> and um, I do have like a little... Um, like, I, I'm a little confused. I guess that's one question I have for you as far as, like, you know, the be still and know God. But also, like, do you also do the other prayer where you're, like, asking God for, like, help in certain areas? Like, you know, because it's like you, you have not because you ask not type of thing. You don't have to ask him for anything. Mm -hmm. It's already provided. You just can't see that it's there because you lost your imagination and you've been taught to, oh, God, give me this and give me that and give me that. And all you're doing is praying to the devil. And when you pray like that, you don't know what you want anyway. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we need. So you, it's all vanity. It's all vain. But if you just be still and know the Father, he will add things to you that will blow your mind. And it will be right there. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't have to hustle and lie and steal and tear to get it connive and all that, it'll just be there for you. He will take care of you because you're letting go of the darkness of your imagination and you're walking in the light, present with God at all time. And in the present, everything is there. The kingdom of heaven, everything is already there. So, but do you look hooping and hollering and then once you're done hooping and hollering, be still and know God. And eventually you will see that the hooping and hollering was a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that way you know it for yourself, not just because I said it. Right. So okay. have you even tried it at all? I do. I do. And, um, and what happened just, when, you, when you did it? <laughs> I don't do it for very long just because I think the, the thoughts, like, you know, start coming up like, oh, I, I need to start, you know, getting breakfast together or just like the, the routine of life. Yeah. Just, you know, instead of just slowing down and just being still, just 
trying to just, you know, get stuff done. And that's the devil mm -hmm. giving you all these things you have to do. What I want you to do, I encourage you to do is practice. When that first thought come until you start, you, eventually you will catch the first thought too. But when that first thought come, be sure to omit the second thought. Don't go with the second one, period. Because what the devil does, he give you a first thought to try to catch you up. And once he got you, he give you a second thought and a third one and a fourth one. And now you feel like you got to get up to make breakfast right away. Right. But try to omit at least a second thought for now. Right. And then eventually you're going to catch the first one through, too. And the devil won't be able to move you. Okay. But he always give you one. He give you one. Have y'all noticed that? He'll give you one thought and then right away he'll give you another one and another one. And now you're caught up. And that's all evil is from the devil. What God want to bring, this is you, and God want to bring you out of the imagination. And you start seeing it, and when you're seeing it, it's dying. It's disappearing. Right. And so don't listen to that at all. Okay. And for a while, you're going to fall in and out of, of it, but don't judge yourself when that happened either. You, you stay with it, stay with it, and it works. So do a little hoop and a holler, because we all train that way, even though it doesn't work anyway. Uh, do it and then eventually as soon as get up in the morning hoop holler 10 minutes and then when you're done hoop holler be still and no guy for another 10 minutes or so right. to start okay. out with okay that makes sense yes yeah and, and and what what would you recommend I guess for somebody like me that does have you know babies you know that usually are their my alarm clock so whenever I'm getting up in the morning I'm either like you know uh, giving them milk or changing diapers like do you recommend getting up earlier like before them before they get up in the, in the what time do they get up um, normally around like 6 a.m. is usually they normally they start and that's when you start 6, feeding them yes mm -hmm. yeah get up a little early let's say they're gonna wake up at 6 right mm -hmm. get up at 530 or quarter to 6 and have that little quiet look around the house your room yeah. Have a little quiet time. I guarantee you, you get up with total patience mm -hmm. and insight, and you feed them with perfect love. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be stressful at all. Even if they whining and carried on, it wouldn't bother you one iota because you would be in the present. Right. So, yeah, you get up at mm -hmm. 5.45 or something like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I'm uh, not bragging anything, but I have to get up every morning at 3 a.m., right? And we did the men's forum this past Thursday. We went to bed, I went to bed late. And I closed my eyes for a moment, and the moment was gone. Three o'clock was there, I was like, what the? <laughs> my eyes was all heavy and tired and did not want to get up. But I got up and I did the prayer and I, I made it to work and did what I had to do and took a nap later. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's going to work out for you, but you got to let go because what's going to happen, all the stress and everything, Will disappear when anger, when anger disappears, stress disappears, worry, doubt, anxiety, fear, all that stuff disappears because it's the nature of the devil of evil. Right. Did you forgive your mother? I did. How did that go? <laughs> it was interesting, um, and it was really my husband Jesse that encouraged me to do it. Um, so it was actually. Um, Right before we got married, um, I forgave her. She was, um, you know, fixing my wedding dress. She was taking up my my wedding dress at the time, 
and we were just kind of just talking about different things and you know her and my dad they're actually divorced uh, my mom and my dad they were married for I think about 20 years and yeah. they got divorced um, but I did tell her that I forgave her for everything that that I guess transpired between her and, and my she dad. was like what you talking she tore up the dress <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, she, she was understanding. She was understanding. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I forgave my, my dad too before that yeah. as well. You're on the track. You're on the right track. One step at a time. Now that you're married and, and especially with, with kids, you're starting to have kids, you want to pass love down to them. Right. And as you're overcoming that anger, it's being replaced with perfect love. And your kids won't have to go through what you've gone through and and they would, when they start their family, if they do or not, they, they'll pass love into the world. Right. And that's yes. what we need. Yes. Absolutely. Amazing. Yes. Any other questions? Um, not right now. Okay, if you do, let me know. Okay, thank Je you. You're welcome. Jesse, how you doing, man? All is well. So I'm glad you're making your wife right before you married her. Yeah. You started out right. Yeah. And, and uh, any questions about anything? Uh, for me, it's a solemn prayer. It's tough for me as well. Because uh, when I close my eyes, I don't know, I feel like I go into a civil war in my head. Yeah. And I want to make it stop, so I open my eyes like, okay, I'm done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so but I don't know how to, you know. Good. How to what? How to go through with sitting there and the the head's just going crazy like that, you know? Yeah. You sit there and you watch the war happen. And just know you're not in that war. It's been going on inside of you forever, all your life. Now you're watching this war happen. Like you like watching a war movie on TV. You're sitting there watching a war movie. You're not in there. But you, you see all the action and commotion and stuff going on, right? Just sit there and watch it. And then the devil going to try to make you feel anxiety, restless, or whatever, right? Feel that. Let yourself feel that. And he is dying. And after a while, I'm telling you, man, it gets easier because the imagination becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. So it, it's just a rough part of, part of the war. But if you see it through, and it feel like you're dying, like your body just having a fit. That's the spirit of evil inside your body having a fit. It's not you. That's the spirit of the evil inside your body and mind uh, feeling anxiety or can't handle it. It is not you at all. So sit there 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and just get up and go your way. And the devil going to tell you, oh, you were in your head. You were in the war. Don't believe it. It was not you. Yeah. And it's going to be hard in the beginning because you've been living in your head for so long, but it will get easier, 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 easier. It will, I'm telling you. Because I started out the same way. It was a mess. But thank God he caused me to stay with it. And now when I do it, I, it's nothing. It's really nothing. If a thought come, I can see it. That's what I would tell your wife. Try not to obey. Let's say you find yourself obeying that first thought. Do not obey the second one. Whatever it's telling you, don't obey it. Because if you obey the second thought, that be meaning that if you just believe it, right? Don't. Because the moment you believe the second thought, he got a third one. 
and a full one. And now you want to jump off a bridge somewhere. But just feel the anxiety. It's, it's not you. It's that thing dying. It hates the light because it's the light that's shining on it, on the spirit of evil. The spirit of the light is shining on the spirit of the evil. And the spirit of evil doesn't like it. So it's going to have a, what's that word, Sean, I like now? Sensation. It having all kind of sensation inside your body. <laughs> it really is. Feel the sensation knowing that it's not you. Okay. That makes sense? It does, yeah. I'm telling you, it feels like it's you, but it's not. It's in your body, it's in your mind, but it's not you. This thing made a home in us. Yeah. So stay with it, stay with it. Any other question? Oh, uh, no, not at the moment. So when your wife doesn't obey you about the candy, how do you feel about that? For an example, about the candy or the cake or whatever. Um, well, it's almost like, well, I can't do anything, right? Um, like, for example, the first pregnancy, I found out later on that she would sneak off and... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so this whole time I thought she was eating right, and then she would sneak off and get fast food and get like candies and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, what, what, what do you do? You know, because I can only do so much, right? You That's know? right. Uh, I, I don't know what, what to do. And you no. Know, so let's say she keep doing it, and you warn her. Sounds like she's not going to do it anymore. But let's say she does, yeah. and she get fat, you dump her. <laughs> The marriage is over. I told you not to get fat. It's not healthy and not good for the children. I don't want no fat woman. Bye. <laughs> and go find yourself a skinny one. No, don't, don't marry nobody else. No one else. <laughs> but you warn her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because otherwise she's going to get diabetes. She's going to have heart problems. And all those problems are going to be on you. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. So warn her, but you can't make her do. Even God's not going to make her. He'll warn her, but if she want to eat it, he'll let her eat it. And when she get fat, he'll dump her. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought that, kind of like that thing that, that you say, you know, 50 years from now, right when I'm about to die, she's going to finally say, Yeah. I understand. And I'm like, oh, and then I go And then you die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I just yeah. keep on. But, you know. That's right. And don't let it bother you at all inwardly. Yeah. No, if you feel something about it, you feel a little irritation. Yeah. Or if she's not doing it, you feel a little happiness. All that need to die. Okay. You shouldn't be feeling anything about it at all. Because it's her, it's not you. Yeah, so I, I do feel annoyed, a little irritation. Yeah, I don't. But be glad to see that you do. Yeah. Feel it and let it die. Let it pass. And, they, and that's overcoming the ego, overcoming the devil. It's not, and when you feel it, don't blame her that you're feeling that way. And don't make up the excuse, I'm feeling that way because she won't listen. Yeah. That's just another lie. You're feeling that way because the spirit of evil, that uh, part is still there. And you need to see it so you can overcome it. It's more about me than... It's always about you. Yeah. It's never about her. And whatever she's feeling is never about you. Whatever your enemy, whatever you feel about your enemy is never about the enemy, it's about you. It's what's inside of you. Because if it wasn't inside of you, you could never feel anything. 
it was already there before you met her too. So it's never about her. Whatever you feel, don't let the devil tell you it's because of what she did. It's not. It's because that spirit is already there and you're overreacting. And so be glad for the feeling and let it pass. Just notice it. Don't yell at her because you feel it. Don't do anything. You feel it. Yeah. All right? Thank you, yeah. That makes sense? It does, yeah. But the devil tell you, oh, she won't listen to you. It's, she's doing this. You told her not to. He's lying to you. Yeah. That's not why you're feeling that. It's just something else you need to overcome. Amazing, huh? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are here. Any other questions? Uh, not at the moment. Nice. Uh, have you ever told your wife Satan is her daddy? <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. Have you ever said that to you? No, I don't think so. I've uh, only heard that from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only heard that from you. Yeah. Well, that, I told my mom. You told your mother? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I told my mom because she, she said she was trying to teach me. Uh, my wife had to disobey me. I, I told her, stay behind me, Satan. And then she, nice. you know, and then she kind of cooled off a little bit. Right on. But Keep uh, your mama away. <laughs> if she's trying to teach your wife to disobey you, you keep away. Because this ain't no game. We can't play with the devil. Yeah. Really. And that's what she want. She want, she would pretend she have a little fun. I'm just having a little fun. No, she's not. She would destroy your marriage. Because she wants you for herself. She don't want another woman in the way. That makes sense? Yeah. Don't play with that. Yeah. Don't let her come over your house or anything if she continues that. And don't let her play with your kids if she continues doing that. Yeah. And be serious. Don't be angry, but be serious about it. It's your job to protect your family. Yeah. That makes sense? It does. Yeah. yeah. You like his mama? Yeah, I love her. Right, because she's turning you against your husband. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I don't I don't see it that way, but yeah, she, I guess she does say different things like that. She what? Um, she I guess she does say say different things like that. Um, you know, but I think playfully. She ain't playing. You know? <laughs> she want you out of the way. Yeah. No, no, but I, I do love her. Though. You do love her? Yeah. Will you be honest with her then? Okay. Next time she does that, just say, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. I love my husband. Right. Get behind me, devil. Right. If you love her, you'll be honest with her. Mm -hmm. But don't be angry at her. All right? Right. Okay. okay. Amazing. So let's go to the biblical question. Any other question about anything so far? It's fun working on your life. It is fun working on your life, overcoming hell, because that's what we're doing is overcoming hell. And we have heaven right here on earth. And, and even though the world around you is going mad, crazy wars and fighting over abortion and everything else, you can have paradise right here on earth. God is already with us. He really is. But we've been worshiping the devil, calling him God, thinking that it's us. Um, when you don't know what to do, what's the biblical question? When you don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? When you don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? 
Why do you, when you just don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? Um, you had here, here, and then a lesson. I saw a lesson in here. Yes. So I've always thought I could solve, first off, I would try to figure out what problems I had and I'd be able to solve them. But I started to realize recently, I've always been in my mind. Yeah. So because if I'm present to what I'm doing, there's nothing to solve, like there's nothing to do. But I realized it was actually a lack of faith of just stepping into the present, kind of walking and doing that at all times. Because I could go on for weeks, months, days at a time, holding on to something like, oh, I figured this thing out. You know, this is the problem. <laughs> this is what I'm going through. And then the internet has everything to keep you in darkness and then keep looking at that and thinking I could break myself down into like little, little parts. And I realized I'm like, the mind craves complexity. So it likes to do that, it likes to break things down into these little individual components and then kind of bring it back up, but didn't change anything. Oh, okay. It's like, just literally just in darkness the entire time. And so the reason you distort it when you don't know what to do is what? Because I'm, I'm still in my head anyway. I'm, oh, not, okay. I'm not present, I'm not really aware of what I'm doing. I think that I'm doing that, but it's really something else that's kind of telling me, hey, you should try this, you should try that. And I, I would try to, you know, kind of like supplement my way out of spiritual issues, thinking like if I, you know, eat these supplements or if I try these exercises or if I do these things, that's going to help me overcome something. But it was just basically the mind keeping me in that circle. Okay. Amazing. Alexa, I was just playing by Nick. He didn't say that. He's not going to talk to you. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I agree with what Steve said about the mind craving complexity. Um, I kind of take the joke too far. You do what now? I agree with what Steve said about the mind craving complexity, and I take the, ju the joke a little too far. Um, I kind of like sit there and I'll pretend like I'm, I'm waiting or I'm not interfering. I'll sit there and I'll like jokingly be like, I'm going to wait for the Lord to respond and like give me the answer. I'm not going to do anything. But that's still me interfering and me getting yeah. in the way. So yeah. I pretend like I'm not doing anything, but I still am. You still you distort it by doing something? Yeah, my, my doing nothing is pretending like I'm waiting on God. It's still oh, me. I see. It's still me doing something. Yeah, so. amazing. Why do you, when you don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? Because it's easier to make yourself feel like you're doing something productive rather than sitting still and it being that simple. I find it hard to just accept that it is simply just okay to just be and I make things harder for myself by doing extra things and making myself feel good by doing these things rather than just letting myself be and accepting that. Very interesting. Amazing. Nice. Why do you distort it? Oh, I see Raymond first. I'm sorry. Sorry. And then right here. Why do you, when you don't know what to do, why do you distort it it's a by doing something? It's more of a matter of pride than anything else. I uh, I have the tendency that if I don't get uh, if it if I don't do it, it'll never get done, and that's something I've been conditioned through for a good long for a good long time. Except um, that's the pro, uh, that's a, that's why we have a tendency of making mountains out of molehills. Nice, that's right. Why do you distort it when you don't know what to do? Um, I think I distort it when I don't know what to do. Um, like the gentleman said, like we try to solve problems. The, the brain, the mind tries to solve problems. And um, 
I don't, yeah, and like Raymond said, I don't think, uh, I think we're conditioned to just do things and not accept things. Um, and yeah, it is, it is difficult to just sit there um, with your problems. I think people want to solve their problems. But, but um, I don't know if I answered the question. Have you noticed that you cannot, you have never solved a problem? Yes, I've noticed and, that. And why do you keep trying? Because uh, I don't know what would happen if I didn't try. And could it get any worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Just think about it. Try to solve them never work. Yeah. What would happen if you didn't try anything? I know what you mean by that, too. That's what I said earlier, is when the ego first started dying, I felt like I wanted to hold it. Because what would I be if I didn't have that? And I didn't even know it was the ego. I saw it was me. Yeah. And so I'm like, what would I have? Oh no. I think I think it comes from a place of fear. Like you're afraid you're going to end up on the street or something if you don't do anything. You know. But I'm not. For, for me, I'm not cool. talking about going to work. You're supposed to go to work. Mm -hmm. You live on Earth, or you, you got to provide for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about practical things. Oh, okay. You're talking about like spiritual battles. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Let, let's say your girlfriend left, and you uh all in love, and you want to try to get her back, uh, and you try, and it didn't work. Why do you keep trying? I think that's someone crazy if they keep trying. I think that's, yeah, you're just crazy inside if you keep trying to get her back, but she doesn't want to come back. Should he even try at all? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Is it hard not to try? Have you ever broke up with a girl that was just hard not to try to get her back, period? Have I ever broken up with a girl and then, sorry, You tried to get her back. Um, yeah, I've had, I'm going through that right now, actually, but I'm not really trying to get her back. It's more of a thought to try to get her back. Yeah. And like a hope that she would want to come back, you know? Um, but... I feel like if you try to go after, it's, it's like when you try to go after something, it runs away from you. Yeah. So. Have you tried already? Did you get it back this time? No, I you, stopped. I'm sorry? I stopped. You stopped. Yeah. But you. But I tried uh, like two years ago, you know? And, and oh, it's been two years ago? Mm -hmm. And you still hoping? There's a little glimmer of hope <laughs> in the back of my head. <laughs> I understand, man. Yeah. Um, why are you hoping two years later? She gone. But because she, she's told me that she wants, she could see it in the future of it, of it happening again. And you believe it? Yeah. And did you ask her where is the future? No, I didn't ask her. You should say, where is the future that you you can see? I can't see the future. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist. Right. Um, why do you want her back? Did she leave you, or you left her? No, I I dumped her. You dropped her. Yeah. Then why do you want her back? Uh, it's because she was like the best partner I had. That's why you dropped her? You dropped the best thing you ever had? Well, there's other reasons. It's, it's, uh, there's other reasons I dumped her. Oh, and, and you, want those, you want that kind of trouble back again? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think it's foolish of me to want it back. But It is. Yeah. You want to bring the devil back into your life and he will destroy you. Why not take the pain of that 
and overcome it and just seek the kingdom of God. And if it's meant for you to have a woman, he will add it to you. It'll be the right one. Yeah. Why not do it that way now? Now that you have this pain and you false hope and all that, mm -hmm. why not say, you know what? Let me learn from this. Yeah. You know, let me just, because God says, seek only the kingdom of heaven. We should not be seeking anything else, anyone else or anything else. Mm -hmm. Why not take advantage of this pain and, and do it the right way? No, you're right. I should. I should. Take that was a question. It wasn't a question. I'm sorry. Was it, he said it was a question or wasn't. Yeah, it was a question. Oh, um, I think uh, I think I'm just foolish and I haven't I haven't wanted to go there yet, you know. But I think I need to now. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna be more hell. Yeah. It's not. It's gonna be the same hell that you bring back into your life. And that's what the thoughts want you to do. That's why three years later, he has you focus on something that you should not have. Mm -hmm. He knows it will destroy you. Yeah. So I would just do what you want, but I would just do the silent prayer and, and take the pain that this false God is gone and you're missing your false God, but it's good that it's gone because it's making you look at, causing you to look at what's happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. And then overcome it. And, and, and learn to have a life without anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. and then everything will be added unto you. Yeah. And it'll be perfect. Thank you. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. Do you do the silent prayer? Uh, I haven't done it for a while, no. Well, suffer and die. <laughs> Why not? I've just been, I don't know, it's been crazy for me. Um, I've just been going through a lot right now. But I need, I need to go back to it. You say you're still going through a lot? Yeah, yeah. But that's why you're going through a lot. You inhale. Yeah. You can't see your way out. So you're going through so much, you don't have time to see whether it's right to overcome. Um, that's a, that's kind of a bad excuse, I think. Yeah. How you feel about what you're going through? I feel yeah, like you said, like I feel like I'm in hell. I'm in hell. You are in hell. Yeah. But why not take it? the opportunity of this hell that you see that you're in and go through it so you can overcome it. I'm trying. Not if you're not doing the prayer. You can't do it on your own. Of yourself, you cannot do it. It's spirit. It's spiritual, right? Evil is spirit. Good is spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Evil is evil. God is good. Only good can bring you out of it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What do you think would happen if you did the prayer? Be still and know God. Uh, I think things will start to change. Yeah. You, st you love your hell? No. You love your hell? Then why not let it go then? I don't know. Is this your first time here? Uh, second time. Oh, okay. Why not let your hell go? You love your hell, huh? Uh, I feel like it's what I need to go through first, like you said. Like I need to suffer a little bit first. Why? Isn't that what you said? I'm sorry. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, because you love it, but you don't need to love it. I'm not telling you you should no, love I, it. I don't. I don't love it. If you didn't love it, you would let it go. Yeah. No, you're right. I just don't know what to do. But. I told you what to do. 
you went to the doctor, and the doctor said, be still and know God, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you don't know what to do? I don't mean to be yelling at you. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you need a little yelling at right now. Yeah. What do you mean you do know what to do? I told you what to do. It's like God tells all his children, be still and know me. Of yourself, you don't know what you want. Of yourself, you don't know what you need. I do. Just be still and know me. Take no thought about tomorrow. Take no thought about yesterday. Love one another. Pray for one another. And I hurt one another. And the people do everything but that. And they don't know what to do. And God told them what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just think I'm impatient. I think I expect it to happen like the first time. But I'm, I'm impatient with it. And... Uh, yeah. You expect what to happen in the first time? Like things to change right away. Like if I do the silent prayer, like I expect, okay, like it's, it's I'm, I'm better now. Like I'm good now. But that's not, I feel like it's an unrealistic expectation. And who told you that that was going to happen the first time around? Right. Yeah. I just, it's something that I told myself, you know. You told yourself that. You said, myself? It's going to happen the first time around. And if when I sit down and do the prayer, it's going to happen. Why do you think that was you telling you that? Just because it would be something different that I normally don't do, you know? Yeah. But the point is, that's not you telling you that. That's what Satan told you. Mm -hmm. He said, when you first do it, it should work. It's going to work. It's going to be over. And you believe the lie. And when it didn't go that way, you stop doing it. That's not you telling yourself that. Mm -hmm. You identify with the devil. You're not. That's not you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I I agree. Yeah. It's not you. So stop believing the thoughts. The last thing the devil wants you to do, the very last thing, is to be still and let go. He does not want that. That's why he won't let you have quiet time at home when you first wake up. He wants you running to the kitchen. He wants you doing something. Rushing around because he doesn't want you to have that quiet, nothing time. Because that's when God's going to get in there. And he knows it and he has to depart. He keeps you busy because he, when you open your eyes in the morning, he already has a plan for you. Mm -hmm. He wants you to wake up busy in his world, not quiet in God's world. He doesn't want you to be quiet. He doesn't want the truth to catch up with you. So I recommend you do the silent prayer. And how do you feel talking about this right now? Um, I feel good. I feel like it's like a wake-up call almost. Yeah. yeah. Do the silent prayer. Don't let evil talk you out of it. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing you can do about anything. All right? Mm -hmm. Commit to it. Okay. You can't, you can't, it's spiritual issues. You can't do anything about it of yourself. Let go and let the light fight for you. You have to welcome the truth. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Do you disagree with any of that? No, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, can you say the biblical question one more time? When you don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? Um, I think for me, it's more of um, I'm expecting something. I'm expecting, uh, I'm trying to expect a certain situation to happen. And I'm trying to play God by trying to expect that or look forward to something. So I feel like 
if I do something, it's because in my mind, I'm the devil's in the mind. I'm expecting a certain outcome rather than just like letting things flow the way they're supposed to flow. Even with like job relationships or trying to hold on to past situations, because I'm expecting something to happen from doing something. I think naturally, people, if you do something, you receive, you give or receive, versus just like just not caring about it. Like, okay, it is what it is, and that's just what it is. And yeah. when it, when the when the solution happens, I can't predict when it's going to happen. I can't expect when it's going to happen. I just got to just do me at that time. What do you think would happen if you didn't expect anything? You did your job, for example, and had no expectation. What do you think would happen? I think that's like freedom. Like just just being, like not expecting, like even with a job, not expecting a raise, not expecting, you just, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. You don't know how people are going to react. You don't know. Just, just, um, just let things flow is, is what I try to just think of. And why do you uh, constantly believe thoughts? Because thoughts have guided me to the point where I'm, I'm at now. So that, that's why I believe them. But where are you now? <laughs> in a in a space where I know the thoughts are evil. When I when I actually know what they are. Yeah. Before I didn't know what they were. I thought it was me. But um, just from this past week, just knowing that that's not me, and and knowing that they're there, it just makes life a little bit easier. Okay. Amazing. Interesting. Let me do this because of time. Why do we? You don't know what to do. Why do you do something by this distorting? I don't do anything. I just wait. Right. So you don't do anything. No. If I'm stuck, I just wait. There's right nothing on. to do. Amazing. Nice. Somebody got some sense. Uh, right here. I don't do anything now. But before. Before, I did it because Satan was my dad. And it was a form of control. And even when things went as I pictured them in my mind, it was still him involved in it, deceiving me to believe that I was actually in control, which yeah. caused it to perpetuate. Amazing. But now I know better, of course. Nice. Um, yes, yeah, which why do you do it, Sean? We don't know what to do. Why do you distort it? I really have no idea. Like, I've been, I can't, I don't think I have an answer, to be honest. I, I've been, I'm so confused by this question. I don't know, how, I really don't know how to answer it. Really? Yeah. That's my producer, y'all. He fired. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> we fired hate last week. He gone now. We are, t we are too opening. <laughs> so, hate tried to trick me this morning with the office. <laughs> with this question, he, you know how white people are. <laughs> Your question is wrong. It doesn't make sense. What did you say, hey? <laughs> I said, I know it's a little late to bring this up, but your question is worded wrong because you said, why do you distort it by doing something? And I said, what is it? that you're distorting. What's the it that you're distorting? Right, and what did I say? You said that 
you indicated that you left that um, unsaid on purpose. Yes. And so why, when you don't know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? I think it's a lack of faith, because I lack faith. So I um, lead sort of like this false, selfish life. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let me tell you, Frank, and then I come here. Yes, sir. So um, I, I distort When you don't it. know what to do, why do you distort it by doing something? Because I'm under pressure, you know, relationship. You know, I got to do something and I got to fix it because, you know, I want, I want to be together. I want to be, you know, I want to go to this place. Uh, and so I, I do something and it just ruins it. And I'm going, you know, I did everything that I could. Or financially, I'm under pressure. I've got to spend money on this. I got to fix this. I can't leave this like this. And so I go ahead and fix it, not, no, and then I make it worse. I spend more money on it. I should have done nothing. So what I've come to do is if I don't know what to do, I do absolutely nothing. And then I ha have to take that pain, and then it gets fixed by itself. Or mm -hmm. the relationship, the woman goes, she goes away, and I'm better off, and I'm happier. And so I had to realize that the hard way is I just have to... You know, I don't know what to do. Okay. I'm going to do nothing. And I tell them that, and they freak out, and, and I'm calm. Okay. Uh, why do you do it, Joel? He black. <laughs> oh, I think it's exactly what the lady with the braid said, of the young lady here. I don't know her name. What's your name? Alyssa. Alyssa said. He had to find out her name. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't slick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just wanted to properly like address it. You need to know her not. name in order. Why you need to know her name in order to answer the question? There was no agenda there. there was oh, no agenda. yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you said. <laughs> no, but she was saying that, like, you try to solve it in your head because you think that you'll get the answer you want if you go in your head to try to solve it. And we think that if the more work we do, the more answers we'll get. And same with me, it always ends up in problems, more problems. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her name is Marissa. No, no, her name is Marissa. Oh, I know that one on the right. The well, they, on the oh, right. this is the other sister. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wrong sister. Okay, you had to. Absolutely. I wanted to add that this question also supports the point of how we're lied to from the very beginning. Because in, in my family, my siblings and I were always taught to focus on the solution and not the problem. So we would do that and we took that into the workplace and, and it's rewarded when, when we do that. So it's another you know, it's lie that yeah. sets us up. Amazing. Failure. Rochelle, you want to respond to that? What, we don't know what to do. Why do you distort it by doing something? Um, before, I, it was just simply being in my thoughts, thinking that I had control. But I see now that there is nothing to do. Just let life happen. Because no matter what you do, whatever is going to happen is going to happen anyway. So okay. I don't do anything. I just let life happen. All right. Anchor Baby, why you do it? Why you distort it? Because uh, I. Anchor, Anchor Baby. 
I'll let her answer. What's her name? <laughs> that one in the blue right over there. <laughs> uh, uh, um, the reason I did, because ultimately I've either forgotten or don't ultimately know that there's nothing I could do. And so I, I don't really, I don't totally, it, so you describe in the question, you say, um, why do you, when you, when you, why do you distort it by doing something? That whole relationship you're describing is the relationship of the thoughts. Yeah. Okay, the whole, why do you do nothing and why do you do something? Uh, yeah. The it, I don't know, I think it's just my life. The it, why do you distort your life, which is already set, right? It's already set, no need for you to distort it. Yeah. And the reason I do it, like I said, because I ultimately don't know, but you know, we were talking about it a little bit on Thursday, and I had said something like, because like I just described, what, so ultimately the question is, why do I still believe my thoughts? And so I was saying something like, because I think ultimately I don't wanna let go of the thoughts, and I don't wanna live the no thought life ultimately. Yeah. And even though I'm like right there, yeah. I, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm not there. Anyways, but that, even that might be another trip. In that, if I may be brief here, uh, I'm doing something there. If you understand what I'm saying, I'm doing something there by giving it that name. And again, doing the very thing I've been doing my whole life, doing something, instead of dropping it. But Absolutely. Amazing. I, I just realized something I want to ask you today. Uh, I got a quote, but let me tell you, uh, the reason you are doing it, because you really don't trust God. You still worship the devil. You trust the devil and not God. Anyone that live in thoughts and believe thoughts and take action based on thought, you don't trust God. Satan is your God. And Satan doesn't want you to, if you don't know what to do, he doesn't want you not to do anything because, as I said earlier, he want to keep you active and busy. So he'll, he'll give you something to do. He'll make up something. And then when you do it, it'll still be the wrong thing. But if you don't do it, you don't see what to do, just wait. Do what you can and leave it alone. And, and it will be resolved. The answer will come if there's something you need to do. But it will resolve itself because you're trusting the truth. You're trusting what's right instead of the lie in your imagination. As you've all said, all thoughts are all lies all the time. And everything don't need fixing. There's something you don't need to do anything about. It's fine. Leave it as it is, and it's fine. But the devil wants you to always, because he makes a home in us, he wants you to always stay busy. So he going to always, because he wants to live inside of you. Evil lives inside of the human body. And that's why it's constantly giving you things to do. Slow down. If you don't see what to do, do nothing. Watch how busy the thoughts get. Don't distort it by believing the thought. It's a great, it's a perfect moment. We don't know what to do. It's perfect. And you'll see it's going to always work out, and it's going to be more than what you can imagine. But the devil doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to depart from you. And that's your opportunity to overcome because he'll start screaming, do this, do that. Buy this and buy that. Uh, call and say this and call and say that. Don't do it. Let that ego die. Let the devil die. All right? Trust not doing it. You don't see clearly what to do. 
do nothing. And take the pain of doing nothing. It's just death. It's just an ego death. All right? I got to ask this real fast, and then I got to end. And I was wondering about this this morning. Does anyone here ever feel the feeling of persecution? Like somebody persecuting you, they're attacking you, and you just feel persecuted by family members, friends, or anyone. You had your hand? What does that feeling feel like? It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Describe it. Uh, you just feel like you're the bad guy. You feel like uh, everyone's out to get you. You feel like you're, you're like a scapegoat for people. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, every time I tell people there's a way of living in perfect peace and, and no anger, no regret, no resentment, they, they just start yelling at me like you're full of it. You're a liar. And I'm like, no, I, I, ever since I've let go of my ego, that like goes back to that question, because every time I think I could solve something, all I do is ruin everything. And what does the feeling of persecution feel like? It don't bother like? me anymore. I'm sorry? It, 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 no, but when it did, what did it feel like? It felt emotional. I felt um, I felt small. I felt I didn't feel felt weak. I, I didn't feel very strong. And, uh, oh, okay. But right right now, if somebody, I'm like, well, okay. If if you don't think it is, that's then suffer and die, like you would say. Right. Yeah. No. So you get those feelings now of persecution and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 You do. Okay. It's mainly for my job, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your job makes you feel that way? Yeah. Okay. You ever get that feeling, Sean, of persecution? Um, I maybe have in the past, but not, not recently. I can't, I can't say I felt and that way And when recently. you got it in the past, what did it feel like? Um, I think that's one of those, like, you enjoy the hell that you're in kind of moments because it makes you feel kind of special. Like, oh. Like, I'm, like I'm, poor me. Yeah, exactly. Like, poor me. But... Now I'm starting to think that when you feel that way, when you're, when you, or when you feel persecuted, it means you're on the right track because if uh, the majority of people are thinking one way and you're thinking the opposite way and they're persecuting you for it, odds are you, know, you uh, oh, might okay. be on the right track. But. Nice. Yeah. Yes, Raymond. And then here, and then uh, why not? Yes. I feel, I feel so small, weak, and insignificant like a wimp because... I always feel that it's always, always my fault that my persecutor is somehow the blame is always on me. Okay. Um, yes. You felt that feeling before, like you're being persecuted? Yeah. And what did the feeling feel like? Probably first anger. Um, and then resentment and then you if you sit with it too long you start it's like depression and it just it kind of spirals into a lot of other feelings amazing yeah yes sir i would say um when i had that feeling it it would it, would, it felt like i'm being compared to somebody else yeah like i'm not i'm not living i'm com I'm, li I'm comparing somebody's experience to my experience. So it felt like I'm an individual, so why am I being compared to somebody else? Just because we're different 
or I believe something different. Amazing. You felt that before? A feeling of persecution right here? Um, maybe, but I'm not sure if that's what my mind is telling me that I'm thinking about that. You don't know if you've ever felt it in life before? In school, definitely. And I feel, what did like, it feel uh, like it felt like, yeah, I was just, I just wanted to fight them. You just, wanted to fight? Ang angry, and then it became separation between me and them, and my thoughts would just build an army against them in my yeah. mind, and I, and I would just, I would just hate them for, you know, despise and all that. And I, do, I don't know if I've got rid of it, but uh, yeah, it was definitely, um, uh, my childhood was all, all the way just uh, persecution. You know, I, I was German. I was I was born in Germany. You were German? I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I grew up in Germany, and did I grew up in. Did you say you were German? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was born German. And oh, then, did you do this? All all the time, <laughs> but when I moved to the UK, um, the, the, it was really rough in schools because the the kids were just naturally. Hey, you bombed our chippies, and then they would just beat me up for persecuting you know, persecu me for that info. Uh, but I didn't even know that, so yeah. it was like I hate you guys, and uh, they hated me. It took a while to get over it, but it's not a it's not a good feeling at all. Yeah, um, I want to warn you. You had hair, yes. Um, for for me, it felt lonely. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not forcing anybody to be something different. Why am I being attacked for being like this, you know? Yeah. And then that leads to kind of resentment for those people, you know, like, and then you want to attack them for making you feel like lonely like that. You, you know? want to attack them? Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yes, Ricky. And then I got to end. It's one of the most dangerous uh, feelings. I, I had it, and when I had it, it made me want to kill somebody and what I notice is that's the same thing they tell the blacks they make them feel like victims and and they have an outrage towards who's ever you know uh, you know because the that's the oppressor but it made you feel what it made it you made feel, me what? feel vulnerable weak I've been taken advantage of uh, I demand my rights and uh, it, it rouses up anger inside of me. And so, it, but, and people use this. They use it for the blacks. Yeah, don't go, I'm just trying to find out about you. That, yeah. Hey, cause because they were using me when I had that. They were like, okay, I gotta fight this thing. Yeah. And so, Palestinians, the same thing. Let me have, what the? I'll be fast. Okay. I love being, I love feeling persecuted. I love it. <laughs> I feel like the main character. What I feel does it like, feel like? Uh, it's exciting. It feels exciting. You better watch out. You're going to be sorry you didn't applaud. You want to hear. It feels like I'm the main character and I can make whatever's wrong right in my head. Yeah. And the reason I asked this because yesterday, was it yesterday or Friday, one of those days, I met with two best friends. They were female friends and they've been fighting one another. And they wanted me to try to help them resolve the issue, right? And so. We got there, we were sitting and talking, and we were all happy at first. And they were talking about how much they love one another. Oh, I love her. She loved me. We were all friends. We were best friends. And then when we got into well, why do you guys fight, and they started being honest about each other. They, they really didn't like each other, but they were pretending. 
they got violent. They started to curse at one another and scream and yell, and they wanted to fight. And it made me realize people who feel persecuted, you got to watch out for them because they can turn violent. They can turn, and just like some of you all just said, you feel violent, but it's all ego. A person that feels persecuted is an egotistical person. It's all about them. It's all about ego. And they'll beat you up for make, and blame you for what they feel. And these two women, they didn't know. They didn't know it was that deep, right? Because they've never had anyone to be there to kind of moderate them, you know, correct them in the right way. But they became violent because inwardly they were pretending to be good friends. I mean, outwardly they were pretending to be good friends, but inwardly they hated one another. And they've been knowing each other for years, and they could not be honest with one another. And they became violent. And so it just reminds me of other people I know, when they feel persecuted, they get violent. I want to warn you in closing, watch out for emotional people. Be aware, just be aware, don't be afraid, but be aware of emotional people. Because they're going to blame you for what they're feeling, and they'll take it out on you. And they will get violent. Because that spirit that made a home in them, in their mind and emotion, is a violent spirit. It's not of love. It's a violent spirit. And so anyone can turn against you just like that. You disagree with them or you make them feel embarrassed, they can snap. So all emotional people are dangerous people. And they call it love. It is not love. So just be aware of that, all right? I've seen them. Over the last 33 years of counseling, I had no idea what evil, the nature of evil, can do to you. And that's why we need a new nature. You must be born again of the nature of God. Because anyone that has anger has the nature of evil. It's the nature of Satan. You need a... It's not enough to just say you're born of God. You need a new nature. And that's what's happening when that ego is dying. The old nature is dying. It's passing away. And the new nature, which is of God, and all love and freedom and peace, perfect peace and all, is coming about. All right? So watch out for, watch yourself. If you feel persecuted, just watch yourself, knowing that it's not you. All right? Knowing that it's not you at all. And when you uh, don't know what to do, do nothing. Because it's not you that's making yourself do something. You think it's you, but it's the spirit of evil that you've identified with. It tells you what to do. And you think you're telling yourself, and it never works out. So if those people, you feel persecuted at work, that's a good thing. Meaning that don't love it and don't hate it, but just notice you're feeling that way and let it pass. And one day you'll go to work and nothing can bother you. You won't compare yourself. You won't try to, no matter who come after you and try to hurt you, they can't touch you. Because there will be no you no more. Not, not the fake you, but the real you will be there and the world can't touch the real you. It can only touch the fake you. All right? It cannot touch the real you. Only just spot you. All right? So think about it. Um,
Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I really want to encourage you to get on that straight and narrow path and stay there. It's going to be rough dying. If you want to be born again, you must die. Forgive so that God could forgive you and bring you into the light and the light will destroy the darkness, the ego. So I don't care if no one else want to get on this path, you get on there. No such thing as racism and no isms or anything. It's good and evil. You're either one or the other. All right, so do the silent prayer, forgive, and watch. Just watch. Brand new biblical question. Uh, help me hate. Oh, I have it. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Why are you afraid of anyone? And people are afraid of one another. And why? Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? You should not be afraid, but you are, and why? All right? So thank you all. We appreciate your support. Uh, we will do the Super Chats tomorrow at buymeacoffee.com slash JLP Talk. Stay with us, stay with us, stay with us. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you all for coming. Amazing. <laughs> nice. So let me just welcome.